It's Monday, January the 3rd, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Evergrande trading suspended, and Sudan's Prime Minister resigns. First, the world in brief. Evergrande, a huge and embattled Chinese property developer, suspended the sale of its shares on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange, giving no reason for its decision. The firm's struggle to service its $300 billion debt has raised fears of a financial crisis in China and beyond. Last week, it missed a $255 million coupon repayment. It has yet to release a recovery plan. Sudan's Prime Minister resigned after demonstrators took to the streets over the weekend demanding democracy and an end to military rule. Abdallah Hamdok, a civilian, had been reinstated as PM by generals in November following a coup. His transitional government was meant to usher in free elections. However, the army's willingness to cede power has always been in doubt. LG Energy Solution, a South Korean battery maker, started taking orders for an IPO in which it hopes to raise $10.8 billion, making it the country's largest ever listing. This would value the company, which supplies electric vehicle batteries to Tesla, General Motors and Hyundai, at $51 billion to $59 billion. It plans to use the cash to ramp up production and repay debt. Cases of COVID-19 mounted in many countries as the Omicron variant of SARS-CoV-2 continued to spread. In America, which is averaging 400,000 new cases a day, the government's top health adviser warned of a, quote, major disruption to essential services. France became the sixth country to record more than 10 million cases of COVID, but said it would be easing restrictions starting Monday. Similarly, Australia recorded its highest number of daily cases but said it would push ahead with reopening its economy because of Omicron's milder impact. More than 4,000 flights, over half of them journeys that began or ended in America, were cancelled on Sunday because of poor weather and a surge in COVID-19 cases related to the Omicron variant. COVID left many airlines short of staff. Healthy employees were offered extra pay to work overtime but many declined because they feared contracting the virus or having to deal with unruly passengers. The Suez Canal, which carries about 12% of world trade by volume, recorded revenues of $6.3 billion in 2021, the highest in the Egyptian waterway's history and a 12.8% increase compared with 2020. The shipping industry is struggling to recover from the COVID-19 pandemic. In March, the canal was blocked for six days when a Panama-flagged ship, the Ever Given, ran aground. Tesla said it had delivered 308,600 cars in the fourth quarter of 2021, outstripping its previous record and analyst forecasts. Investors' enthusiasm has made Tesla the world's most valuable car company, with a stock market capitalisation of over $1 trillion although the electric car maker makes far fewer vehicles than the industry's giants. It produced 930,000 last year. Toyota and Volkswagen probably made about 9 million each. 
And fact of the day. $54 million. The amount spent on plots of land in users of legacy. An NFT-powered recreation of London. And now, here's today's agenda. Joe Biden's predicament. America's president is stuck. His approval ratings down by 25 percentage points since he entered office. Blame inflation, an unrelenting pandemic, the Afghanistan debacle and his own inability to corral congressional majorities. Joe Biden's signature legislation, a package of climate change mitigation and social benefits, will need rewriting, having failed to win support from Joe Manchin as senator from West Virginia. Yet that is the only way forward for the president if he wants to show voters something substantive at the midterm elections in November 2022. As it is, his party's electoral prospects are bleak. Democrats' congressional majorities are razor-thin. Presidents almost always suffer losses. Expect Mr Biden to lose what ability he has to legislate. By year's end, then, the momentum in Washington will probably have shifted from Democrats to Republicans. That is a dismal prospect. Electoral victory will validate the Republican Party's failure to reckon with Donald Trump's attempts to subvert the last election. Omicron's economic toll. Until the official data comes out in a few weeks' time, analysts studying the economic impact of the Omicron variant of COVID-19 will try to glean insight into people's shifting behaviour from speedier, albeit partial, indicators. The Economist's Mobility Index, using real-time data from Google, suggests the return to the office has stalled. In America, trips to workplaces fell to about 25% below pre-pandemic levels in the week to December 23rd. Hospitality and travel are taking a knock. In America and Britain, there were 12 to 15% fewer diners in the week to December 20th than in the same period in 2019, according to data from OpenTable, a booking platform. As for travel, in the week to December 26th, some 3,500 flights that started or finished in America, about 2.5% of the total, were cancelled. But if the pain from Omicron is concentrated in the hospitality and travel industries, that could point to a smaller overall economic impact than in previous waves. Apple's media businesses Those who got iPhones in their Christmas stockings will by now be familiar with the beeps nagging them to sign up to Apple TV+. Apple gives away so many subscriptions to its streaming service that less than one-third of viewers are reckoned to pay. It is not Apple's only media project. In audio streaming, Apple Music trails only Spotify. The firm also offers subscriptions to games, news and fitness videos. Audiobooks may be next. Why bother? Apple's values are likely to surpass $3 trillion this year. The company earns in three weeks what the global recorded music industry makes in a year. 
The answer is that Apple is not out to beat Spotify or Netflix at their own games, but to keep people glued to its devices. Sales of iPhones reached $192 billion last year. If television, music and the rest can persuade a small fraction of customers to renew their contracts, the investment pays off. Is India prepared for Omicron? India is holding its breath. As COVID-19 infections again start to soar thanks to the impact of the Omicron variant, many fear a replay of last spring's ghastly second wave, which, according to the Economist's excess mortality tracker, left almost 10 times more dead than the official figure of 480,000. But even though India has been too slow to deliver booster shots, this wave may not be so bad. Omicron is proving less deadly case-by-case case than previous variants. Between a vaccination campaign that has now double-jabbed 44% of adults and previous exposure to COVID that has built resistance among even more, India has a relatively high level of, quote, hybrid immunity. Still, Indian politicians seem to have learned few lessons. Despite a quintupling of case numbers in the past 10 days, as well as school closures and lockdowns, campaign rallies in key state elections are going ahead as usual. Lord of the Rings is back again. In the age of reboots and spin-offs, filmmakers were bound to return to Middle-earth sometime. The adaptations of J.R.R. Tolkien's beloved books were a financial and critical hit, grossing almost $3 billion at the global box office between 2001 and 2003, and winning 17 Academy Awards. A new television series will be released on Amazon this year. Though details about the plot remain scarce, the show will be a prequel set thousands of years before the original Lord of the Rings, reportedly because the Tolkien estate does not want any interference with the existing works. Perhaps the most tantalising rumour is the show's cost. $465 million for the first season alone, which would make it easily the most expensive show ever made. The budget for all three films was $280 million. Jennifer Salke, head of Amazon Studios, has admitted that, quote, a giant global audience needs to show up to make the investment worthwhile. Winter Quiz, Week 4. The battle with our baristas continues. As in previous weeks, we'll serve you a new question each day. On Thursday, your challenge will be to give all four answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 GMT on Thursday to editor-espresso at economist.com. We'll randomly pick from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Friday. Monday. Which actor won his only Oscar for True Grit in 1970? Correction. In Friday's edition, we chose a quiz winner for South America who was in fact from Mexico. Sorry and congratulations to Pedro Milani from Sao Paulo, Brazil our rightful winner. <laughs>
Finally, here's the quote of the day from Cicero, who was born on this day in 106 BC. Almost no one dances sober, unless he is insane. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.